Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology, procurement and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those who are leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Welcome to the final installment of the Data Transformation Trilogy, where once again I'm joined by leading transformation executive Paul Bailow. And today we explore perhaps the sexiest topic in transformation, data analytics. This is the Data Transformation Trilogy Part 3. Data analytics, imagination and the world of tomorrow. Data analytics is certainly not a new concept. It's something we've been fascinated with both personally and professionally for decades, and yet it's an area which continues to see dramatic change when it comes to our understanding and indeed our application. Think of transformation and you'll soon be discussing data analytics and how businesses are continuing to further evolve into being data-driven organizations. Data is key to transformation, we know this. But what we don't know, as much as we love discussing it, is how far data analytics can truly take us. In order to try and understand where we can go, Let's look at where we are. What are we seeing right now in terms of our data analytics maturity? And what does it say about the opportunities that lie ahead of us? Yeah, so the first thing that comes to my mind, Elle, is is we're confused. I think the world is as confused about data, right? So you have one group of people who think about data as I got to collect all this data. Right. So you have organizations, utility companies, oil companies, you know, uh, financial service companies. It's like, wow, you know, data is the new oil. It's the new gold. And we got to collect everything. Right. So you have that one group. But that mindset is really lacking because it doesn't really matter about the size of the data. It matters what those insights are. So you have that one group of people who are still thinking about, I just got to collect this data because I know it's going to be used. You have another group of people who say, Yep, I'm going to use data and I'm going to scratch the surface, right? It's sort of very simple things that you're trying to do um, at a a level sort of like an Amazon. You buy a book, it's sort of related to this book, and we're going to offer something else up, right? So a little bit more advanced. Then you have the group of people who are basically saying the world will never be the same. What we do today in terms of how we eat, how we think, how we exercise, how we use hospitals, in the future of everything will be radically changed and we need to push that envelope because what we think about today will be radically different in terms of using and making decisions. The underlining platform is change and massive change is going to happen because of data, data analytics, artificial intelligence and new technology coming out there. But the golden goose of all of this and transformation is making better decisions. So Even if you think about some of the new technology that's out there, like an Apple Watch, right? Now I could do mostly things that my normal physician, Dr. Chow, would do. I could do at home just on my Apple Watch. I could know how much oxygen is coming out of my my body. I could figure out my heartbeat. I could even go buy a piece of equipment to do my EKG. And I could take all this data and I could have an artificial intelligence doctor tell me what's wrong with me. Never going to the doctor, never paying insurance, never really speaking to anyone who has an MD, 
but really just me and my artificial intelligence and data making a decision of what I need to do. So the future is really helping humans make better decisions because sometimes we make lousy decisions, right? So we're really, you know, what I'm seeing is, is really this idea of data being my partner, right? It's like my, it's like my seeing eye dog. It's the, it's a partner who's always there helping me get through life. Data is going to be there in the future in every aspect of my life to help me make better decisions, to have a better life. That's really what I'm seeing happening. So a perfect example would be is, is you talked offline a little bit about this virus. I mean, if we had sort of a greater tracking system and we all had, i.e., um, Apple Watches or a device to understand what our current health is, and we had that monitored across the globe, we would know what's happening in terms of people's health care before anyone else would know someone's getting the flu, someone is sick, someone has these, you know, um, has any virus or any ailment before it really got to a high level. So what we really want to try to do is understand data doing predictions to really see the future before the future really gets there. That is really where I'm seeing a lot of organizations. Like It's like that crystal ball, right? The gypsy crystal ball, seeing what the future looks like is what I'm seeing is the pushing envelope of where we want to be. What is, what is my, my bank account going to look like? What is my financial statements going to look like? What is my brokerage account going to look like? What is my life going to look like in the future? What is my health care going to look like in the future? How, what's my house and what am I going to need going to look like in the future? What are, what are the sales for our financial institution going to be? So it's really looking at those levels of where we're looking to imagine how data can really help us. But the underpinning is really... What can I do with this? There's a reason why data is such a fascinating and massively explored area. And so having access to clean and accurate data at speed in order to make smarter decisions is what we need right now and no doubt what we will continue to need in the future. But while we get lost in thinking about the use of data and the ways that we can better capture and explore it through technology and powerful AI algorithms, what happens when it comes to the sensitive conversations and the delicate information? How comfortable are we really with an AI algorithm deciding what's right for our financial positions or for our personal health? Are the days of speaking to a living, breathing doctor or a financial advisor truly over? Yeah, so Dale, that's a, that's a fantastic question. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think most people care about the process more than they do about the person in the process. So there's a lot of things you could resolve. Like let's use Amazon for instance. If you have a problem with a product, you know that you bought from Amazon, it's pretty easy to return it. It's pretty easy to get your money back, and I'm never talking to a person. So sometimes we have to think about. Does the human really enhance the customer service process? Or is it really easy that we just generate a process that makes me feel really good about it and that I get what I my goal of resol, you know, resolution, even though I may not realize there's no person there that I could resolve these issues without having a human being? And I think what's really happening from my research is identifying the fact that people are more interested in getting the end result. Right. So in other words, 
a simple thing is in the morning, people may want to go to Starbucks and get their coffee. I don't think they care about the person who's making the coffee. I think they just want the coffee. I think if they could just sort of walk up like they're currently doing now and just grab your coffee and go, I don't think they, it really matters to a lot of people that that's Mary, Mike, Joe, you know, whoever building the coffee. I think it's the process that will emulate really good customer service. I think if you talk about really personal things, I think some people may feel more open to discuss healthcare issues with not knowing that it's not a person, that it's just me and my personal advisor for healthcare, that, hey, I got these problems as opposed to like, I don't want to talk about this, right? So it may actually work to the person's benefit that they may be more open uh, and honest with not knowing that there's a person at the end. And I really think that, you know, that it's really about the process. Like when you look at design thinking, it's, it's really understanding the feeling of your customer and the empathy of what's happening to that customer during the process. But it's never indicative that they want to see a person. Like they, they, you know, like if you're going for a mortgage, if the system and the process is really simple and really easy and you're feeling good along the process because the process is using data and data analytics in order to make it streamlined and very easy and understandable, I don't think people really care if there's a person there or not. I think they really just want what they want when they want in a more efficient, effective way without all these hiccups, without all these speed bumps. So I think we have to disconnect the process from the person, right? The process could actually be very, very rewarding for an organization because the process is so clean and simple. And when people enjoy the process and they finally realize, well, there's no person there, I think people accept that process. AI, automation, and technology are being utilized to remove the inefficiencies in a business. The things that, when looked under the microscope, don't add value and actually take people in an organization away from their source of real value and into places which, in all honesty, are a waste of their time and talents. But once again, as we get excited about the possibilities that come with technology and data algorithms, we can't just forget about the people. What good is the algorithm without the data scientists or the data leaders? Without them, all the greatest systems and processes and algorithms will surely reach a point where they become obsolete. So one could argue that now, more than ever before, it's the people that have the greater power and even greater responsibility. Yeah, I think you have to have good people no matter what. People, you know, there's good people and bad people. People make good decisions. People make bad decisions, you know, good decisions and bad decisions. But I think at the heart of it, you have to have really good people. You have to have really good people who are trying to do the right thing. And to your point, when you make a world of algorithms using machine learning and artificial intelligence, you have to comp- constantly monitor it. You have to, you know, secure it. You have to prioritize it. And you have to constantly watch it. And I think you have to watch it with a good heart. And knowing what you may be doing is impacting potentially millions, if not billions of people. So your point's very valid, right? So the goal is, is not to build, you know, not to develop disciples of really good data analytics, but the goal is to build really good people who understand data analytics and who will be the future in this world. So it's really hard in mind trying to connect the two and selecting the right people who have the moral values in playing in this world of data analytics and really understanding the power that they're going to have as they develop these systems. 
But you're absolutely right. There's no replacement for really good people who have empathy for other people, who understand people and have a really good heart and trying to do the right thing. I don't think there's any replacement for that. I think we could try to mimic it and stuff. But I think really, you know, the, the core of building really good things are really good people who understand that they're humans, that they have heart, minds and souls, that they have feelings, that they care about people, that they love people, that that goes into their algorithm and that that it's safe and secure. I mean, that's critical. As the data analytics world continues to evolve at an increasing rate, especially coming off the back of COVID-19, where data was quite literally saving lives, who knows what the next 12 months will bring us? Where will data analytics go? How will it, once again, disrupt the status quo and redefine industry? What will become of the data transformation story over the next 12 months? Yeah, I, I imagine a world in 12 months that my doctor would be 24 by 7 and then I would be almost my own doctor. I see that now. I imagine a world where my decisions in finance are actually, you know, multiplied by 10, being more productive and efficient. I could see that happening in the next 12 months. I see the ability to be more fit, have more exercise. And being having that exercise component of my life being monitored, not just, you know, say I took a walk or sit on a scale. I imagine really the future in the next 12 months that you're going to have a lot more fit people because they're going to have instruments like Fitbits and more Apple watches monitoring health. I see that. And also see, imagine a world that when I open the refrigerator, the refrigerator is going to tell me exactly what to make. It's no longer, I'm hungry, let me go look at the refrigerator. I see this happening in the next 12 months. I also see in the next 12 months that the future of work is really going to be rationalized because of this virus. And it's not just you're working wherever you want and you know, you're remote. I see a world where people are going to realize what they're doing doesn't add a lot of value. And they really, this idea of working Monday through Friday really is going to be just dismissed. I think it's really going to be paid for what value you bring. What new ideas do you bring? So we should really talk about having like this whole idea of future of work and, and what's going on because it's it's really going to change. So I can imagine healthcare radically be changing in 12 months. I could see financial, personal financial advising radically be changing in 12 months. I could see organizations not, I wouldn't use the word radical, but I can imagine a world of work that's not based off of Monday through Friday or even that there's an eight or 10 hour day, I see it more value-based. I could see a world where people are realizing that a lot of what they're doing doesn't add value and they're really spending more time, you know, more human time with the family and the nucleus of the family and not worrying about work and, and payments. But I see a much better world in the next 12 months. And not just because saying the virus will be, you know, dismissed. I just see that people are realizing that what we're really spending a lot of time doing really adds no value to anyone's life. And we're spending, we have too much stuff and we're wasting a lot of time. And we have this true opportunity using data and data analytics to build not only your our lives better, but to build a better world on things that really matter. And we haven't even talked about using data and data analytics to help clean up the world. That's a whole different discussion. You know, and deforestation and climate control. I mean, that's just, that's just massive. So 12 months, I close my eyes. I'd imagine a much happier world 
where people are really understanding that it's more fun just to have a cup of tea with a good friend, you know, at a cafe and laughing and crying and enjoying their world as opposed to paying bills. <laughs> it's a, it's the imagination is, is rampant, but I could see massive change happening in the next 12 months, but we have more to go. There's much more we need to be doing. And so our data transformation trilogy draws to a close, but the transformation story shows no signs of slowing down. So if you're embarking on a data transformation, or you're right in the heat of a transformation battle, think about the talent, the leadership, and the culture required to embrace the transformation. Question why change management is enough to send shivers down the spines of so many executives around the world. And think about what the future of the world could be as we continue to build and rebuild modern industry through data analytics. Thanks for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast, and I'll hope to see you again soon.